This podcast was created and is hosted by a young survivor of stroke. This podcast series is part of Stroke Foundation's Young Stroke Project. Find out more by visiting youngstrokeproject.org.au. Welcome to From the Pillow, Survival Mode. In this podcast special, you'll meet Sue Bowden. Sue was living a full life. She was happily married, pregnant with her first child and training to be a nurse. However, she could sense that something wasn't quite right. She'd had issues with her health and after visiting her GP, her concerns were dismissed and she was just told, that's what comes with being pregnant. But little did she know, the events over the next month would change her life. This episode is called Deadly Serious and Sue sits down with David Cumming. Sue and David are great friends. They're always walking and talking together to stay emotionally and physically well. Sue opens up to David about her stroke experience and the hospital journey as a young person, as well as reflecting on how she processed the trauma of her experiences. This podcast was recorded and edited on Wiradjuri and Wurundjeri land. Stroke Foundation acknowledges the traditional owners as well as traditional owners throughout Australia. This podcast discusses themes that might be distressing to some, including the loss of a baby. Strokeline is available Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Call them on 1800 787 653. That's 1800 787 653. Or you can email strokeline at strokefoundation.org.au. Lifeline is also available for crisis support 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 13 11 14 or visit lifeline.org.au. How are you? I'm good, David. And yourself? I'm really well, thanks. Thanks for asking. Uh, oh, well, I guess we should introduce ourselves to the fine folks out there in podcast land. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay, so who are you? So I'm Sue Bowden. Today we've got a podcast and it's going to focus on a topic close to your heart. How about you tell us about that? Okay, so, well, to begin with, I'll reflect on the most previous two Mm. podcasts that we've recorded, Mm. and there was a lot of um, joy within those podcasts around Mm. some serious topics, Mm. but uh, I guess within my processing since those topics, uh, I've become to go, well, what has underpinned my drive over the last few years Mm. to get into these spaces and kind of make a noise, and uh, the, the topic is... I'm bringing today is called Deadly Serious because when I uh, came across, um, I guess, uh, places which in maybe the intention is to provide support, but the language and the systems didn't actually appear to be very supportive, I became very deadly serious. Uh, my breath was kind of taken away, mm. and not in a good way, mm. about wow. There is still so much pain out there um, that needs to be, yeah, addressed and healed. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because disability—it's not going away. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. No, no. Well, that's right. People lose lose ability yeah. all the time, and, yeah. and then have to live with it and, yeah. and recover to the best of their ability. That's right. Yes, and without shame, without yeah. So changing the language, I felt, was very important mm. to begin mm. with. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's fate that deals us these things. No one chooses to, uh, you know, be put in that situation. No. Um, and so we 
should be giving people the best possible chance and meeting their needs where they're at in terms of helping their recoveries. Yes. Helping yeah. them live the best possible lives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay, so um, Deadly Serious is a title with Gravitas. So how did that come about for you? What does that originate from for you? Okay, so I guess the, uh, the picture of me um, in my stroke journey, so me coming, becoming aware I've had a stroke, I'm in bed, I can't move, I can't talk, the next step along was I was I was had a nasogastric tube in and I was mm. um, I was hydrated through an IV line and then there comes a point where those uh, those feeders are taken out. Mm. At the time, I still didn't have a good swallowing reflex and um, the next step is I was mm. expected to <laughs> drink uh, cups of thickened fluid, which was really really challenging with my uh, uvula not working, my swallowing reflex. So within there was a very short mm. snapshot of um, me needing to drink fluids, thickened fluids to stay mm. alive, and I didn't do very well. I mm. um, I can remember that time very vividly. Mm. Um, I'm touching my face with my right hand and thinking, what's happening to my skin? My skin's in reflection. It was dying, and I mm. developed a big scab on my nose and. You know, my uh, my headspace at that time was one of panic and hotness and heat and total distress mm. because I was very aware of nurses coming in and out telling me that I had to drink more and I couldn't drink more. I couldn't reach for the cup. And so when I came across the Stroke Foundation, that memory in particular just came flooding back. It was mm. like, oh, my goodness, I, I've never really gone to the depths of how distressing it was to me to feel like I was dying. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. A and the, that not only did you feel those things, but you weren't able or didn't, weren't even asked whether you wanted or needed to express those things. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you sort of didn't have a voice no. in, in saying, hey, hang on, you know. I'm I'm kind of almost drowning when I'm drinking. Yeah. yeah I, and you're saying yeah. I'm failing yeah. and I'm almost dying. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And dying and then the rehab's in front of me and I needed to, um, you know, bring my best self to rehab or mm. get met with crossed arms and why aren't you sort of... Why aren't you performing? Why aren't you mm. performing? So it was a mm. very... It was a horrible time and I... I guess when I found the Stroke Foundation, I was like, well, where's the... Where's the space in there to allow people to go, oh, you know, I'm still processing this. I'm still mm. living with this um, significant event, even though I've done all this. I've done all, I've learned to walk and I've learned to talk and I've gone, I've had three more children and I've done all this, but I've still, I still need to go back there and I need to pick it apart and feel it and go, oh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> to move forward. Um, yeah, there was another incident which sprang to mind of, while I was in the in the hospital before I went to rehab, I was told of a, a young woman who had encephalitis of the brain. She developed measles mm. and that she was worse off than me. That's what I was told. <laughs> so I was lying there, not able to do anything. And I thought, well, yeah, I've got empathy for her. Um, 
I've got empathy for me too. <laughs> and, uh, and so I did come across the young woman in rehab and we sat next to each other. She had her hands in a, a bowl of rice and I was doing my thing. Mm. She ended up passing away, which was very sad and very... Mm. Um, I remember that time and I remember the therapist going to her funeral and it was a sad time. Mm. Um, I was, so I was taking all of that in. Um, Absorbing it. <laughs> mm, yeah, so more trauma around you, yeah. trauma that you were experiencing. Yes. Um, and yes. it sounds like you were sort of conscious that people were sort of setting these benchmarks as if you were sort of doing know, a maths test or, a, you know, see if you can see if you can lift this or step here or something. Mm. But to you it was much more profound. Mm -hmm. It was much more fundamental. Yes. Yeah, it, it was because having been um, a student state enrolled nurse and just aware of, to a degree of brain function and mm. physiology and all that, I was I was just conscious of how my body was feeling mm. all the time. So I, I guess I became very deadly serious about, okay, well, if I felt that and I know that I've had unprocessed stuff, who else is out there with unprocessed stuff and mm. what is the language... Surrounding disability, like, say, stroke victims, I never saw myself as a victim. So uh, how are people sitting with that? What do they need to shift and shake off and go, oh, that doesn't sit well with me. That doesn't help me to heal. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's so, actually, yeah. So sort of bringing choice into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Bringing a sense of autonomy. Clearly, clearly someone who's had a stroke is dependent that that is by definition you yeah. you know you don't you yeah. don't have everything you had before but you're, yeah. you're working on it yeah but it sounds to me like you sort of felt every step of the way that there was there weren't enough people sort of just asking how you were what you were how you were coping how you were processing or what you were thinking really yeah. Yeah. how you were feeling yes yeah. so you bottled up inside whilst also sort of being disregarded and being told, no, these are the benchmarks that you have to hit. You're trying to do this. Don't worry about how you're actually feeling on the inside. Can you throw that ball over <laughs> Can I throw the beanbag? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Can I throw mm. the beanbag? Can I Can I recite the sentence? Yes. Mm. Yeah. So mm. I, yeah, I was really, yeah, my breath really was taken away with, um, with stress for other people, really, mm. and, and even... Um, when it came to communication and I was seeing what was out there to assist people with language and communicating and to see people were still working with cartoon, adults were working with cartoon images mm. to help put their lives back together. I just thought, oh, have we come very far? Mm. Like, because uh, I was very conscious that I was an adult and a lot of, it was a weird situation to be in. I had a lot of stuff that was targeted at older people and then also kind of talked to you in a very childlike way at times. So I was yeah. like, hang on, I'm a 23, probably 23-year-old woman by the time I got to rehab. I've just buried my first baby. I've got a lot of <laughs> unprocessed stuff. Just help me bring it forward. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Let's move together. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's an interesting point to bring in, that you're not only having the physical trauma of stroke, You've got a lot of stuff, we've talked about it in the previous episodes, of stuff that, historic stuff, 
yeah. that, that that doesn't go away just because you've had the stroke. It's it's the lead into the stroke. Yes. Then you have a diminished capacity to express that and a system that's not actually helping you deal with that. Yes. So in a way we're sort of denying people the ability to express and we leave the trauma trapped in them. That's that's a good mm. way of putting it, mm. yes. Mm. Yeah. And it's just busting to get out. Oh that's it's needs to get out. It wants to get out. Yeah. I've probably really felt doing that. It. Yeah, yeah. And doing harm while it's while it's yeah. you know, stuck in the body. Circulating, mm. yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's Thank you for expressing it so well. Like to, uh, you talk about it like yes, you understand that it can be a process and things like um, then like in the textbooks that I would read or, or I was very curious and I would, mm. I would look for okay what's being written about strokes and people and there was lots of just negative stuff like oh people have personality changes and I would go, you know I pretty much feel that my personality, um, my attitude. Stayed the same. I was my body was responding to grief, no doubt about it. To um, to situations which caused me distress, mm. but I don't know that my personality changed. No. I... Yeah, so in a way, you know, some of the materials are sort of generalised, mm -hmm. and this goes back to the point that if we actually talk to the individual in recovery, yes. the survivor. Yeah. We can actually learn more about where they're at instead of just looking at biometrics and, and physiological signs of being able to lift an arm and you know, shake a leg. Yeah. That people can actually tell us how they're travelling yeah. because your personality is retained. You know, if you've got any ability to express, you will find a way of your personality coming out through yes. through movement or words or the tone of what you po say. Poetry. Do. You could <laughs> Could write a poem. Could write a you could poem. dictate a poem. Yes. Or yes. tap out a poem. Yeah. Or, um, because in my working life, mm. I was exposed to play therapy. I didn't mm. do the play therapy, but I I learned of it. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, "Oh wow, this would have been so beneficial to me. Mm. And if it would have been beneficial to me, how beneficial would it be to other people in that situation where they can't talk?" They might be able to move to mm. a degree and mm. point and mould and shape. and mm. So, I, yeah. But also, you know, just acting as stimulus so mm. that whilst they are being stimulated by the environment, that's working on the inner mind which will then desire, you know, to express itself. So you will then find a way, yeah. or if given, <laughs> yeah way of expressing yourself yes. instead of it all being one way traffic you do this mm. you feel that yeah yeah jump higher we'll poke you there <laughs> balance more drink more yes mm. yeah mm. Uh, because I couldn't communicate and I had to keep all my celebrations to myself as such mm. you know the the very practical feat for a woman to put a bra on you know that's uh when that happened in rehab it's like <clears> oh I can actually I can get around there and I can tie it up, finally. Like, you mm. know, they're, they're big things for people's identity. Um, yeah. Yeah, identity and um, and dignity yeah. as, a, as a functioning person, so yes. to speak. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think, I feel that in 2022, it's okay to talk about that, you know, in a podcast. It's, 
I'm not sitting here swearing or anything. I'm talking about quality of life things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. they're, they're practical things that define... I don't have to put on a bra every morning, but <laughs> they you? are practical things that define our lives and our ability to function as, as you know, in society. Yeah, yep, mm. that's right. Mm. Yeah. And so this all... The deadly seriousness of all of this sits, sits with us. Yes. Have you got a poem you'd like to read, Sue? I have got a poem I'd like to read. Hey, okay, folks, strap in. Okay. So uh, I guess in the last few years, my poetry has come out as an expression of healing and like process. I'll say my poetry is me processing. Mm. And mm. sometimes it comes out with such a force and I say so much within such a short amount of time but I know that I'm processing so much within those lines. So yeah, well that's right. So mm. it's not just the, it's not just the words. It's the emotion and the thoughts mm. and the feelings that go with yeah. the words. Yeah, and the mm. visuals, the visuals mm. that are still there, mm. and the visuals that I, I bring forward to to heal. Mm. So, mm. this one's called Beyond the Diagnosis. There was a diagnosis and a lot of flurry, lots of fuss and people around me in a hurry. I had to trust the process. There was not much else that I could do. I kept believing in the future. I was going to see this through. I took in lots of jargon, lots of lingo and the like. The road in front of me was bumpy. Some would say an endless hike. Beyond the diagnosis, beyond isolation and the pain is where I took myself again, again and again. It didn't mean I wasn't present, quite the opposite in fact. I was there to hear assumptions about me. <laughs> Fancy that. I didn't let that stop me, but it distanced me from life because being, being a part of judgment, I did not exactly like. Do you think it didn't bother me because I kept it to myself? I could see that all too easily. Disability put upon the shelf. In the too hard basket. In the, they're really not the same. What, you mean that we're not equal? I think that's inhumane. So beyond the diagnosis and whatever that means to you, I continue on with dignity. I keep surviving. This is true. And so it is. The end. Yes. yes. Very yes. good. The absorption of language can harm us. Mm. Uh, if we hold on to it and we believe it, then it affects our lives. And I know that I've done a lot of shifting, shaking and reframing and I don't know however else I want to actually replacing I think the word replacing is good mm. um mm. yeah because I want to go forward feeling well and feeling um worthy and whole and if I've got those storylines and narratives and language stuck in my head and my body mm. uh telling me that I can't do this and I can't do that I and those stories from back then. Mm. They're so really limiting stories. Yeah, they're inhibiting mm. and they're... Mm. Uh, I just want to go forward with love and yeah. <laughs> happiness. So acknowledging that that things have happened because mm. I think we've had the conversation, um, you know, you've mentioned your your son has said, you know, he can't unsee that. And I said, well, so, once something happens, it can't unhappen kind of thing. You know, it's happened. So mm. kind of respect that things have happened, acknowledge what's happened mm. and acknowledge that, uh, yeah, people and services and 
I guess, tools are out there to help mm. heal. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And and often um, we need to, you know, something's happened. We've got a choice of what to do. But sometimes the first part of that is is uh, witnessing it or having it witnessed or even wit- self-witnessing, expressing it and mm. hearing it with your own ears, so to speak, or seeing what you've drawn and yes. just going, that's what happened. Yes. Or that's how I felt. Yes. Or, that's how I feel. Yes. Um, and from that point, you can go, ah, the light bulb's gone on. Or, mm-hmm. ah, I've been heard. I've said that. Yeah. Now I can choose what to do. Yes. Mm. Yes. And that is, a, that's a process. It's, mm. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm. No. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, it's an ongoing recovery process. And it's, you know, to feel that I have, I've done so much work over the last four mm. years and, uh, you know, I feel, I feel good. I, I can't believe sometimes how I feel lighter, like in my bones and uh, mm. not as sore and tender and all the rest. Mm. Um, but that's been a, an ongoing commitment of mine mm. um, to go, no, there's, there's still more. I feel that there's still more somewhere here. I'm not quite sure it is, but it'll sure. come to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know that you've said to me before that, um, if I've ever misunderstood you at some times, uh, hey, you know, basically don't underestimate how serious I am about my own recovery, that I am deadly serious mm. about essentially re- reaching my potential. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, good listening. Well done. Big brain, <laughs> as my son says. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so deadly serious. Here we are laughing about it. Yes. So... Yeah, I think you were saying that, um, you know, that you were unheard in that environment. Um, And that's what, I mean, if if someone was listening to this podcast now, what would you sum up the situation as if we were to sort of say, you know, deadly, being deadly serious is about... Oh, being deadly serious is about the commitment Mm. uh, to oneself and to have like you've mentioned, witnesses, to have other people who are going to be able to, to uh, have the grace to witness you within that um, that recovery journey. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really important. Yeah, yeah. That no one's taking it more seriously than you are yeah. as the survivor yeah. of anything or the person living with disability for yeah. that matter. Yeah, But, you know, that you still deserve, you know, it's serious and to... to basically recover mm. you need to be able to sort of start expressing yourself and being heard be heard yes yeah. be witnessed. and be heard by yourself too That's it. like uh, to recognize the progress and re- just just you know hold on to yourself throughout the process mm. and the progress mm. 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 however it turns up and um, we need systems that give people the chance to express themselves and in fact it shouldn't be even wor- the word chance is not even right as a matter of course, invite the person at the centre of the care and the recovery to express how they are travelling and what they do need Yes. Um, to live a, a fulfilling life. Yes. Yeah, that word invitation, that's, mm. a, that's a good word too. Yeah, invite yourself along. It's not always going to be pretty, but um, if, you, if you're being witnessed and supported in the right way, then you know you've got, you know, you've, You've got somebody beside you mm. uh, who believes you and believes in you and 
Yeah, I think, uh, what did I say? I, I felt like I had the capability and the capacity to process back then if mm. I'd been given the opportunity to and the right tools to help to equip me to express. Yeah, it, you know, I can remember that time mm. with sadness because mm. I kept hoping, oh, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow somebody will come in and, and help me get all this out. But no, tomorrow came and it was all about physical stuff yeah so yeah. and you know that that is a recognition of the impact of what was happening to those people mm. around me too like they were just on the treadmill with me as well mm. so it's no doubt very distressing for them yeah, mm. yeah. So. Mm. so putting people at the center of the of the care services around them that's deadly serious business it is yes yeah, yeah. for the um prevention of more trauma mm. like yeah the if meeting people allowing them to express and getting to the helping them getting to the bottom of what's mm. going on in the moment um as a preventative measure mm. yeah that's that's got potential yeah 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 so leaving it if it's not expressed it's unaddressed and that means it's it's going to be stuck stuck in you mm. yeah that's right mm. All right, food for thought, folks. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to From the Pillow, Survival Mode. This episode is a part of the Young Stroke podcast series created by Stroke Foundation's Young Stroke Project. Find out more by visiting youngstrokeproject.org.au. You can listen to dozens of other podcasts on our Stroke Recovery website, enableme.org.au. StrokeLine's allied health professionals can help you manage your health and live well. StrokeLine is a practical, free and confidential service. Call 1-800-787-653, Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Or you can email strokeline at strokefoundation.org.au. The advice given here is general in nature. Discuss your situation and needs with your healthcare professional. The Young Stroke podcast series is presented by Australia Stroke Foundation and funded by the Australian Government Department of Social Services.